0: Matthew chapter 22, verses 23 and 32, 23 to 32. We are a Bible-believing, literally in a normal way. We believe the Bible, every jot, every tittle. We believe that God's Word never fails. We believe that it's forever settled in heaven. We just believe what it says. The Bible says, God, in the, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. We don't have any doubt about it. That's what He did. did it in 24-hour days because that's what He said. Um, he made it with an appearance of age. I don't think Adam was a small baby when he was created. He was created as an adult. He made everything, animals and everything else, with appearance of age. And so, uh, I think he did that just to kind of fool the unbelievers. Because, you know, they, they, uh, they, they, they want to try to search his creation to prove he didn't do it. And he, there are so many twists and turns that he's put in that thing. And if they don't want to believe, he gives them plenty of ammo. I just was reading about global warming that or Oregon, uh, this one of the cities in Oregon said that public schools have to get rid of all books that deny or question global warming. Now, think about what I'm saying. They have to get rid of all books and literature in their school system that question or, or deny global warming. Yet... There is a group out there that has received thirty-two thousand signatures, nine thousand PhDs, that say there's no proof for global warming in any way. There's no scientific proof for that. In fact, the carbon is a dioxide increase could be good for the plants, and actually may do better for us. And so. and there's no indication that we've created it or created any kind of problem. Brother, if we didn't mess this thing up in World War II after we dropped buku amounts of, of uh, explosives and then dropped two nukes on top of all that just to finish it off, if we didn't mess it up then, I don't think we're going to mess it up by manufacturing a few things. But anyways, that's my humble opinion and, and 9,000 other PhDs. I think it's part of the insanity that's taken the world over. Getting ready for the beast to call himself God and say he came from another planet or whatever he's going to do. There's going to be the lie. I don't know what the lie is. The lie could be, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm God come from another planet. And I planted you here in seed form a long time ago. I'm back here now to, to claim my own. And, and he's going to call lightning from heaven do a bunch of miracles. And they're going to say, hey, our God. And they say that's far-fetched. Not far-fetched at all. They did it in Egypt. Even they considered those people, Pharaoh and all of them, to be God's uh, manifests on earth. So anyway, let me read you Matthew chapter 22 there, and we'll—I believe there's there's two major things uh, I want you to go away, way, with tonight by the by the Holy Spirit's mercy and grace. The same day came to him Sadducees. I gotta say it. I gotta say it. Dr. Lewis at Bob Jones University in 1970 told this joke, and I'm going to tell it to you. He said, uh, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. And that's why they were sad, you see. I, I didn't say it. Just in memory of Dr. Lewis. But that actually allowed me to remember something about the Sadducees. It was accurate. Because the Bible says it's true. Which say there is no resurrection. So that, there you always remember that. Why were they sad? Because they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in supernatural. Saying, Master Moses said, if a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. How many say, man, they ain't under that system? That's Deuteronomy chapters 25, 5 through 10. Now, there were with us seven brethren, and the first, which had, he had married a wife, deceased, have no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seventh. And last of all, the woman died. Therefore, in the resurrection, now remember, go back to verse 22, they don't believe in a resurrection. Therefore, in the resurrection, I believe they did this kind of tongue-in-cheek. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. And Jesus answered and said to them, <clears throat> I love these three words, ye, that's plural, do err. Oh, yeah, they did. But what are they err? Two things. Not knowing the scriptures, number one. Secondly, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, and the resurrection re-represents supernatural, amen, doesn't it? You were dead, you live again, supernatural. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels. Now, by the way, the Sadducees didn't even believe in angels. They didn't believe in any supernatural life after death and all that other stuff, like our liberals today. And so now he's tongue-in-cheek, I believe. He's saying, oh, oh, for in the resurrection, which you don't believe in, they neither marry nor are given a marriage, but as the angels of God. Oh, by the way, you don't believe in angels of God either, which are in heaven. As touching the resurrection, which they did not believe in, of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, as present tense, amen, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. I'm glad for that, because my mom and dad died in Christ. And God's not the dead of dead. He's not the God of dead people. He's got living folks. My mom and dad are as conscious tonight, more conscious than they've ever been from the time that they went over. And your relatives are the same way. And Patty, uh, Brother Henthorne, is more conscious than, than we are here. In this veil of tears that we live. And when the multitude heard this, they were stone-eyed or astonished at his doctrine. The Sadducees were religiously powerful at time in their day. They were a religious group formed during the intertestamental periods. What, what is that? That's from the writing of really Second Chronicles, about 435 BC to uh, the book of Matthew, or to Jesus appearing at least, there's about 400 years, the Jews called 400 years of silence, where there was no prophecy per se. Called also the intertestamental period. There was a group called the Maccabees, which ruled in Judah during that period of time, not the whole time, but some of it. And they took their name from one of David's one of David's copyists, number, his name was Zadok, and they claimed descent from Zadok. Their name meant Sadducee means righteous ones. Uh, they, They did not believe in life after death or any reward or punishment beyond this life. They denied the existence of angels and demons. They did not believe that God was concerned with what people did. I still hear this. I still hear it coming out of people's mouths. Rather, people were totally free under their teaching. They were politically oriented groups, supporters of the ruling power, happened to be the Romans, whether the Seleucides or the Romans. They wanted nothing to threaten their position or their wealth, so they strongly opposed Jesus. I believe we can learn from this verse 29 something tonight that may, if it hasn't already changed your life, and for most of you it has, It may. Ye do err. Ye do err. Have you ever fallen flat on your face spiritually? Have you ever made some bad decisions? When you do, and when we do as Christians, most of the time, if I may safely say, it's because we do err. Is that we get outside of the Bible and its truth, or we do not pursue God's wisdom. Do you in your prayer life regularly or consistently ask God for wisdom? Man, I hope you do. Forget asking for toys, forget asking for a Dodge Ram, even though it is very nice, but quit asking for the stuff. Ask for the deep thing. God, give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Give me knowledge of you and what's eternal and what's real. Now, the Bible says in James, if you ask of that, you will get it. Now, I don't think that means ask one time. In fact, all the prayer, I think, has to do with consistently asking. Seeking you shall find means to keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking. It's a, it's, it's, it's a thing where you keep it up. Let me say this. I wanted to, I wanted to have a BB gun when I was 12 years old. And I nagged. I, first of all, I, got, I asked my dad and asked my mom. And, and, and I went to my mom because she was the weakest of the two. And she said no. Well, that didn't work. I went to my dad. He said, what after? I can't remember which But I went to both of them. I said, I didn't give up on a no. I didn't take no for an answer. I went back to them over and over. How many have done that? How many have done that? Am I alone here? No, you've done that. How many wives have nagged your husbands, you got what you wanted, to say, man? Let me say this. There's a rare time when you didn't want something, you didn't get it. I'm talking about you really wanted it. I'm not talking about casually wanting it. I'm saying you wanted it. And when you want it, that's the way you want to set yourself to have wisdom and have understanding and have knowledge. Say, God, do what Hannah said to her husband. Give it to me or I die. God will give it to you. We err many times because we simply do not know the Scripture. The Scripture is going to guide you through your decision making. When old Bill gets up here and he begs you to sign up for that Bible reading board and he begs you to read your book and he begs you to listen to the Bible, read it, listen to it, it's fine with me. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Alexander Scorby, read it to you. I'm good with that. But but go through, why? You can't survive the way God wants you to survive without knowing the Scriptures. You've got to know the Scriptures. Well, I read it one time, preacher. And I'm gonna give you. You may have a mind like Dr. Crab. His his uh, his daughter uh, told me he has a very good mind. I believe he does. I believe he knows some fancy words. He knows these big fancy words, and I don't know how he remembers all of them. But God's given him a good memory. But you read your Bible regularly, your brother. Amen. You got to read your Bible. You got to keep after it. Amen. Doctors, every doctor and profession, Department of Professional Regulation, requires everybody with a profession to do continuing education. If you want to keep your license, Tom, been a veterinarian forever, yet, and he probably knows all there is to know about veterinarian and animals, yeah, they make him go back and take courses. Why? Because we tend to forget. Real estate folks, he's got to go back for 30 hours a year, 40 hours, used to be more, and they got to go back. If they think buying a house that he must know what he ought to be up to date on buying a house, and they think Dr. Crab ought to be up to date on the human body and what's going on, and they think Dr. Tom ought to be up up to date on the animal, how much more you and me when it comes to making life-changing decisions for Christ? All I'm ever asking you is do some continuing education. Keep at it. You need air. You didn't err, not knowing the Scriptures. They they just didn't know it. I think of John the Baptist when they questioned about John. You know, John's disciples came to Jesus. Are you the one? Jesus didn't give him a straight out answer. He says, you stay with me a while. He healed the sick and he did some miracles before him and everything. Now he says, go tell John what you saw. Now if John hadn't known the Scriptures, he'd have missed the Christ. But John happened to know. Isaiah chapter 61, 1 two, and three. And he, what those men related that they saw Jesus do was in compliance to what the Messiah was going to do in Isaiah 61, one, two, and three. And they said, he's the one. He's the one. The scriptures allow you and I to see the difference between light and darkness. There's groups of people out there, large numbers of people out there tonight that think homosexuality is Okay. They think it's just an alternate lifestyle. That means it's just a choice. But because you know the Scriptures and you know what God thinks about it, you know that the Bible says it's an abomination to God. You do err, not knowing the Scriptures. Jesus tested John. Tested he's not. He could have just said, yes, I'm him. Go back and tell him I'm him. But he said no. John had studied. He knew the Bible. And he understood who he was. I think of David, Psalm 119, 9, and 11. Most of you know this. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? And I, I consider myself. I've been quoting this since I was a young man. I once was was young. And now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed beg bread. I can agree with David by life experience now, not just by reading what he said. But when I was 18, I read what he said, and I said, wow, that's a good assurance thing. Now I'm 64. By the way, you say, David, well, he was in his 60s when he said that. Died when he was 72. So, I mean, come on. He said, I'm an old man full of days, full of age. I've said that before, but I thought I'd just say it again for you that may have forgetfulness. Wherefore shall a young man cleanse his way? How? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Let me not wander from thy God. Thy word have I hid my heart. Why? That I might not sin against me. What that indicates, David understood, if the, the further you get away from the word, folks, the more danger you're in of being deceived into making a bad decision, which will end up being sin, which will require God's judgment upon you and your family, by the way. You're not, no man sins alone. No man lives alone. Everything we do affects others. It goes out in ripples to others. What you do affects Gospel Baptist Church. What you do affects your immediate family. What you do affects your kids and grandkids. And if I may say, their kids, which you haven't even known or maybe haven't seen. You do err not knowing the scriptures. People err, and that's why there's so many divorces. They err and they don't understand the ch- chain of command because they don't know the Bible. They don't understand personal responsibility that each of us have to each other because they don't know the Scriptures. They don't understand the ultimate purpose for God for their lives. By the way, it's not to have fun and have a wonderful time here. It's to glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That's what we're here for. The the people who don't know the Scriptures don't understand the warning of Scripture about the penalties for sin, and they take lightly. A person that sat under the Bible for many, many years but rejected it in his heart told me, God don't care about immorality. He don't care about lust. He don't even care about all that stuff. And I said, well, you can say what you want, but the Bible disagrees with what you say. I'm going with the book. I'm going with the book. You will err in your life, and you'll pay an awful price if you don't know the Scriptures. One of your absolute life Goals, and my life goal should be to know the Scriptures. And I'm not talking as a preacher here tonight. I'm just talking as a believer tonight, just as a believer. And you ladies, Heather, you got to know the Scriptures, not just because you're married to a preacher boy, but because you're Heather, and you're just a person before God. You need to know. You know there's no marriage you're given in marriage. You ladies are going to be free and there, all the women said. I noticed there were no newlyweds said that. I've seen women under horrible husbands. Horrible men. But they took a vow. They stuck with it. They did what was right. We had a woman in this church. She used to come home after Sunday night, and he'd beat on her for going to church. And she... Um, took it for many years she kept praying for the old boy I personally wanted to see him die a horrible death but I wasn't right with God but she was right with God and she prayed for this old boy the guy that hit her for going to church he got saved he got saved before he died and he got tender and sweet this wasn't this I I could tell you who it was but some of you He got tender. According to her, he got tender. It was a new man. She had a new man. Wow. The second thing Jesus says, you do err because you do not understand the power of God. Now, what is that? The power of God is a denial. What they did is deny the supernatural. They didn't believe in the resurrection, didn't believe in angels, didn't believe in demons, didn't believe anything after death. They simply denied the supernatural. Now, for years, I've met people who deny. They'll say they believe the Bible, but you say, do you believe Jonah was swallowed by a large fish or whale, whatever you want to say? And they'll say, well, now preach. You say that Jesus fed 15,000 at one time. Now preach. It's been exaggerated through the years. You know how stories get passed down. I'm uh, saying, or you'll say, do you believe Jesus was honestly, physically, visibly raised from the dead? And I'll go, you know, he could have just, you know, you can get in a comatose situation and your heart slows, slows down, your breath slows down. And I think maybe he just swooned. That doesn't say much for the Roman soldier who put the spear in his side. Who, his, his craft was to kill people. They killed Jesus. They knew he was dead. He bled all his blood out. But they didn't believe in the supernatural. And there is a massive amount of people who say they believe the Bible. And if I may say, they actually know it. I've talked to liberal professors liberal preachers that knew the Scriptures. I've talked to folks who had a knowledge of the Bible, and what it said, but didn't believe in the power of God. They didn't believe that He was who He said, who that book says He is, with the power He says that He has. God has the power to take care of you. Matthew 6, 30, wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which is today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? God can take care. If you believe in the Scriptures but don't believe in the power of God, that's not going to do you much good. You're still going to bite your fingernails. Can you say, well, he said good things, but can he do them? You know, Jesus came to his hometown uh, of Nazareth, and, and here he had been healing people left and right. The Bible says he healed whole cities of everybody that was sick. He had done miracles that were indisputable, absolutely indisputable. But he came into Nazareth, and they said, we know his mom and dad. We know his brothers and sisters, which means Mary actually had babies after Jesus. And she she was no longer a virgin after Jesus. Joseph, by by God's grace and his mercy, took her as his wife after that. And consummated it and did not make her less of a person. She always was corruptible. She always was a sin nature. She never was perfect. The Bible never says any of that. And so they said, the Bible said he could not do many miracles. Because of their what? Unbelief. You know what holds God back from you and hold God's back from what will hold God back from me? We don't simply believe. Let me say this. For many years, since I've been 18 years old, I've had a burden to pass tracks out. I've passed, I started passing uh, This Was Your Life Chick tracks out in 1969. Been passing tracks out since 1969 till through today. This has the Bible on it, the plan of salvation. I believe in the power. Of God, I believe that this little track with the, with the gospel on it can be down on the ground and somebody can come by under the leading of the Holy Spirit and they can pick it up and they can be under conviction of sin and read this without me and be saved. How much better can they be saved with me? So if people can be saved without another human being and I've talked to them, their testimonies have been clear. They got saved by picking track up and reading. If they can be saved without me, how much better will it be if I'm there and telling them about Jesus? And so I'm encouraged to give the gospel out, going to the world and preach the gospel to every creature, red or yellow, black or white. I'm encouraged to do it if nobody gets saved, never one person gets saved in my whole lifetime that I ever know about. How many are going to come up to me in heaven and maybe got to let this happen maybe won't, don't have to. And maybe say, Brother Bill, you left a track in that gas pump. Oh, I've left a lot of them in gas pumps, brother. You left a track over here and I had to get it out. And I was getting ready to kill myself or getting ready to jump off a bridge, getting ready to kill my wife. And I looked at that thing and it said, here's the gospel according to the Bible. You know you're a sinner. Oh, I know I'm a sinner. And I got saved, Brother Bill. And here I am. In heaven. Oh, do I want to meet a group of people in heaven That by the grace of God, through my little life, that some people have gotten saved and they're in heaven because of me. Whoa, I'm excited. I just wanted to go to heaven. Why? I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of God. I am not going to limit God by my unbelief. But Nazareth did. They said, we know him, we know his dad, we know his mom, we know his family, we know his brothers, we know his sister. Who does he make himself out to be? And think about who they had in their midst, the creator that spoke everything into existence, and they hindered him. Folks, you and I can hinder God working through us by disbelief. Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief is my prayer. I get sometimes where if I get where I'm a little flaky, a little on the outside, I say, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. I don't restrict anything you can do. You can save people through the airwaves of the radio. You can save people through the TV. You can save people through the Internet. You can save people through my gospel tract. You can save people through the preaching of the Bible. You can save people through one-to-one evangelism. And, brother, the idea is that God saves them, some water, some plant, but God gives the increase. I'm not going to take the responsibility of saving anybody. Somebody gets saved, do not get saved. That's between them and God. That's not me. I don't have, what do I got to do with that? All I got to do is tell them Jesus saves. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sin. Repent and be converted. That was the two invitations of chapter 2 and chapter 3 of book of Acts, Peter. Repent and be converted. He didn't say go to a deeper life seminar, study the Bible for two, three years so you finally get smart enough to be saved. Praise God! Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe. I believe. You do err because you know not the Scripture. And you do not believe in the power of God. I know He has the world in the palm of His hand. And he has never failed me yet. I know he is reigning and still has control. So why should I worry or fret? I know he holds a future. And I know he holds my hand. I know just as sure as I'm singing this song, I'm a part of his almighty plan. You may know the chorus of this. I believe, I believe, I believe, so why should I worry or oh fret? Some of you old people may know who sang that. Doug Odom. Remember Doug Odom? How many hearing you here know Doug Odom? Uh, I, do, I wasn't as good as him. He had a baritone of a voice, but what a guy he could sing. Reminded me of that uh, Barrows guy, Cliff. Pharaoh. Praise the Lord. I hope you understand the power of God. Oh, I like it when the disciples, you know, God puts these in here, Bible for you and me. These are, these are, these are, at least most of them. Peter, Andrew, James, John, they all knew the ocean. They knew, they knew the sea of galley back of their hand. They knew the wind could come up from the north, cause them waves, take them out. Recently, they found Peter's boat, but not Peter himself, but they found a boat like Peter in a first century boat. It was in the mud. The lake went low. Some of you have been over there. You've seen it. I've touched it. It is actually a first century boat, probably the size and shape and everything they used to fish. And Jesus actually, he may even have preached out of that boat. I don't know. But they've completely preserved it. It's beautiful. If you ever get over there see a Galilee to look at it. Not real big. Now, I think about Jesus going out there in the wind and the waves. He goes to sleep. Wind and the waves come and they begin to the swamp. And, they say, and now, them old boys knew when they were dying. They said, The water's coming in and we're flat, getting ready to sink, and there's no life jackets back then. As First, as I knew there's no life jackets. Maybe they had some, but I don't know. And I don't know if them old boys even could swim. They may, have, yeah, Peter could swim. He swam the shore. Yeah, they could swim. I answer my own question. So, but now you're in the middle. You go, it's, it's seven mile cross, three and a half mile swim in a rough water. I don't know anybody could do that. And waves tossing you around, throwing you under, putting you back up. Lord, care you not that we perish. Jesus wakes up, goes to the boat, and said, Peace! Be still. Suddenly there became a. Con- now, wait. If you know boat, that don't happen. You know, suddenly, I mean, it may get calm, but it doesn't get calm, but the Bible says suddenly, great, a great calm came on them." Them old boys kept looking at each other and saying, what manner of man is this? But even the winds and waves obey his voice. Do you believe that tonight? you believe that that's the God you worship? You believe you worship the God that can control literally the ocean and how it moves and moves about? You worship the God that controls your cell structure? You worship the God that controls the life force? Brother, you don't live long because of what you put in your mouth. You live long because of the word of God. Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God is why you're here tonight. And when he says, come home, you can be the healthiest person in this group, but you're going home that night. I think I'll go have a McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's, uh, McDonald's, double, give me a double everything. Double size, super size me. I want another McDonald's. You say, Brother Bill, you're foolish. No, I'm not. George Burns smoked a cigar two or three or four every day, drank whiskey every day, lived to 99 years old. Bob Hope, which I just saw, just seeing if you're awake. Brother Morris took me to Palm Springs, one of the fanciest high buck places out there in Southern California. Bob Hope's house is up on top of a hill. We went down the road, and there was Bob Hope's house up there. Bob Hope lived a 100 years old. He was a cussing, foul Mouth individual was not in any way God. He did good for our troops, and I love all that, but I'm going to tell you when it comes to God, He was not saved man. What goes into a man's mouth don't save you. It's by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. God says you're going to live, you're going to live. Amen. I know that you can be foolish about all that. Jump on a motorcycle, go 500 miles an hour, and you won't make it. But then again, you may. I think old Cronin up there, 78 years old, on a motorcycle with his wife on the back. Amazing how God keeps you alive in spite of yourself, really, in spite of yourself. Folks, don't be ignorant of the Scriptures. If you don't get anything out of this, don't be ignorant of the Scriptures. Make knowing the Scriptures are number one priority in your life. Number one, then one. secondly, simply believe that God's got power. And that with Him, with God, nothing, nothing is impossible. Hasn't He written in this book so many scenarios that nothing's really impossible. Nothing's impossible. God can do it. And we'll do it if it's according to His grace and His mercy. Father, help us tonight. Help us to understand the importance of knowing the Bible. I know the devil himself and the demons from hell in this room will do everything they can possibly do to undo what I've said tonight because Jesus said it first. Because if he can keep these folks, if he can keep you and the sound of my voice from going into the Bible and getting to know it and making it your number one life goal is to know God's Word thoroughly, carefully, he's going to hurt you and have his whispering in your ear will be effective if you don't know the answers. The second thing is, even if you know it and you don't believe in his power, you don't believe in the supernatural don't believe that He can do anything, then it's going to also hinder you. He tells these old Sadducees, you you don't have a clue because you don't believe in the Scriptures and you don't believe in the power of God either. Help us, Father, to believe. Help our unbelief. Forgive us where we've tried to explain it away, where we've tried to gut the Scriptures from the supernatural. But help us just to believe it as you wrote it and simply lay it down. And Father, we pray that the Spirit of God would come through this body of believers, through the Internet, through where this goes, and help people believe in Jesus' name. Amen. You come. If you would like to know more about Jesus and a subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.